Gospel according to Mark chapter 16. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? When they looked, that they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been risen. He is not here. Look, there is a place they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. And all that had been commanded them, they told briefly to those around Peter. And afterward, Jesus himself sent out through them, from the east to the west, the sacred and the perishable proclamation of eternal salvation. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So it's Easter Sunday, a great celebration, and I want to thank all of you for, for coming and being here with us this morning. But it has been a long week. Thursday night, we, we remembered the Last Supper um, with Jesus and his disciples, and Thursday night, I, I gave a kind of a first-person impression of what it was maybe from the viewpoint of Peter on that night. And then Good Friday, we remember the death of Jesus. And I gave a first-person perspective from one of the criminals crucified with Jesus. This morning, I want to share with you a few words from Mary's perspective, one of Jesus' followers. What would it sound like if we were to hear her story this morning? What would she say? I'd like to share with you some of my thoughts. My name is Mary. Many called me Mary of Magdala, for I grew up in a fishing village of Magdala on the west coast of the East Sea of Galilee. For a long time, I had no life. Everyone said that I had demons inside of me, seven of them. And to be quite honest, I don't remember that time very well. All I know is that I felt complete powerlessness and hopelessness for so long. That was until I met Jesus. I met Jesus and my life completely changed. There's something about Jesus that drew me in. Uh, first, it was his eyes. There was a, a power in his look, a love that looked deep into my soul. And it was also his voice, the voice that touched me the deepest, a voice of power yet gentleness. When he spoke, healing and wholeness for the first time came into my life. Jesus set me free from my demons, and at the same time, he enslaved my heart. And I became one of his disciples, following him throughout Galilee. And I heard that same wonderful voice continuing to bring healing and hope into my life as well as the lives of so many people around us. And this is why it pains me to think about what happened to him. 
It was near the end of his life and ministry that I sensed a deep sadness within him. We approached the city of Jerusalem, and the closer we got to Jerusalem, the more he talked about his death. To be quite honest, I didn't really understand why, Jesus, are you talking about your, your death? We, we, we wrote it off as another lesson that he was trying to teach us about life. But once we entered Jerusalem, everyone greeted him with singing and shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They were waving their palms in celebration, laying their cloaks on the ground in front of them. What they wanted, what we wanted, was Jesus to raise up an army to set us free, to be that king. But soon, things changed. Instead of recruiting an army, I saw Jesus go up to the money changers in the temple and he kicked them out. I, I really don't understand why, but I knew, I knew that it made the leaders angry. And I heard their whispers. I saw them plotting against Jesus. And I began to fear for his life as well as ours. He spent the next couple of days teaching in the temple. And then sometime on Thursday night, all my fears became a reality. For news came to us that he was arrested. How could this be happening? It must have been some sort of mistake. Surely they would have seen how good of a person he is and they would have released him. If they only asked me, I could have told them all the wonderful things that he's done for so many people. I could make them see in him. And I could make them see what others saw. What was happening? Why was this happening? And I began to plead for his life. I was talking with anyone who would listen to me. And then I saw Pilate. He brought out Jesus for everyone to see. And he brought out Barabbas. And I couldn't hold back the tears anymore. I saw him standing up there, bruised and, and beaten, and a crown of thorns on his head. And Pilate asked the crowd, Who do you want me to release to you? Jesus or Barabbas? And I cried out through my tears, Jesus! But that was only a whisper in a thunderstorm as the crowd shouted, Give us Barabbas! Crucify Jesus! Crucify Jesus? How could anyone dare speak such a thing? How could this be happening? I watched in horror as Pilate washed his hands and gave the order for Jesus to be crucified. And deep down inside of me, I wanted to run away. It was more than I could endure. The other disciples, even Peter, who said he would go to die with Jesus, had denied him and fled. But I could not. I watched as they placed a heavy crossbeam on his back and led him through the streets of Jerusalem. My heart broke into a thousand pieces when I saw him fall on his face beneath its weight, and I felt powerless. I stood as close as they would allow me when the procession finally stopped outside the walls of Jerusalem. We went to Golgotha. 
I hated that place. I looked up there and I saw three stakes already in the ground. And I saw as they put a sign above Jesus' head that says, This is the King of the Jews. And I watched as the soldiers gambled for Jesus' only piece of clothing. But then, then I heard that sweet voice again. It was a little weaker this time. I heard as, as after the soldiers and, and others cursed at Jesus. And Jesus was up there on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. But I couldn't forgive them. And then Jesus' voice reached my ears again as he spoke to one of the other criminals that was being crucified with him. Jesus said, today I tell you, you will be with me in paradise. And then Jesus died. I was heartbroken. I did not know what to do with myself. I couldn't pull myself away from him. I couldn't leave him hanging there alone. And then I saw a secret disciple, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus. They, they approached Jesus and they took his body down and I followed them as they placed his body in the garden tomb not far from Golgotha. And for the rest of that Friday night and, and all day Saturday, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. Then finally I rose well before dawn on Sunday morning and decided to go to the garden tomb. Perhaps if I was literally closer to him, even though Jesus had died, it would give me some peace of mind, some relief, and take away some of my grief. And when I reached the tomb, I knew immediately that something was wrong. The great stone that I had seen several men roll in front of the tomb, well, it was rolled aside. In fear and confusion and anger, I ran back to Jerusalem, awoke Simon Peter and John, and in a trembling voice, I told them that they have taken the Lord's body from the tomb. I don't know what to do. I don't know where they put him. And all three of us raced back. John and Peter both went inside. They saw that the only oh, the linen burial cloths were left resting on the rocky ledge where Jesus' body had been laid. At that point, I was too upset to go inside the tomb. Peter and John came out confused and bewildered. They went back to the city, but I stayed. Again, I was alone, and I began to cry. Suddenly, something told me to look inside the tomb. I did, and I saw two Beings in white sitting at the head and the foot of the place where Jesus' body had been laid. And they asked me, woman, why are you crying? They've taken away my Lord, I said. I don't, do not know where they've put him. And suddenly, they were gone. I thought to myself, I must be seeing things because stuff like this doesn't happen. Then I became aware of a, of a presence behind me, and I, and I glanced through my tears, and I saw a man standing there. 
I wasn't sure who it was. It might have been a gardener or someone. And the man asked me, woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? Is he the last one to know what has taken place in Jerusalem this weekend? Frustrated and upset, I said, if you took him, sir, tell me where you have put him and I will go get him. Then, in the quiet morning stillness of that very first Easter, I heard him say, Mary, that voice, that voice, I knew that voice, and that voice knew me. And I realized somehow that it was, it was Jesus standing there with me. At first, I thought I was going crazy, and then he said again, Mary, Rabboni, I whispered, which means my master or my teacher. Mary, he said, looking at me. And I knew those eyes, that voice. I wasn't crazy. He was there. Jesus was alive. I had thought that I would never hear him say my name again. And he was alive and he called out my name. That voice, that one word brought back a flood of sweetness into my soul. Washing away all the bitterness, all the pain and anger and grief that I've been holding inside of me. Jesus had set me free again. And this time, forever. And Jesus told me to go and tell his friends that he was alive and that he would meet them in Galilee. I I really, to be honest, I didn't want to leave him alone, but I did as he told me. And I found them and I shouted with joy, I have seen the Lord. He is alive. Christ is alive. Alleluia. And this is my hope and my prayer For each of you this Easter morning, that this very day in this place or your own gardens or even in the midst of your own grief, you will hear the risen Lord speak your name. For for Jesus knows you, God knows you, and God loves you. So I ask you to listen for your name. I don't know how, I don't know when or where it will come, but he will call your name because each of us has been named and claimed in our baptisms by God, and God promises to be with us. Amen.